everyone. I'm Bree. I'm Dee. Welcome back to the Chocolate Bar. Our lives, our strength, our time. Um, it is post Thanksgiving, and we are Woo-hoo. I think all right. <laughs> I think we're all sort of rolling around trying to absorb <laughs> all the sodium. And- <laughs> carbohydrates and yes. everything i bet people had some epic ass lifts in the gym over the weekend with all that extra food so hopefully everyone enjoyed um uh whatever it is that they or whatever it is that you do for uh thanksgiving um we have a really cool episode tonight i think it's something that is timely i know personally for myself but i think um it will be relevant for a lot of our listeners out there so before we get into that, of course, let's catch up. What's going on, D? Oh boy. Well, it's been Thanksgiving, as you just said. Mm-hmm. I am definitely still recovering. I am mm-hmm. swollen. That is, like, yeah. I'm looking at my toes right now, and I my toes have like no discernible shape. Neither do my feet or my ankles or my Ooh. thighs, for that matter. <laughs> Which is really mm-hmm. funny because I bas- basically from the waist down I look like a hot dog. Like I, mm. my legs just look like two hot dogs. It's it's really kind of it's not funny, but it really is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so clearly I've been eating. Mm-hmm. Clearly I've been well fed. Um, mm-hmm. What else have I been up to? I trained on Saturday with um, most of you. If you guys follow her, uh, Amy Sam from Instagram, she came to my gym. To get a little time in at a powerlifting gym since she usually trains in a um, smaller commercial gym. So she oh, came okay. and it was her birthday on Sunday. So happy birthday oh, to nice. her. Uh, so we got some birthday lifting in. Uh, mm-hmm, and yes, mm-hmm. I did put that uh, lovely salt, fat, and carbs into good use. And, hey. uh, I actually had a really good deadlifting con- session considering that I shouldn't have been deadlifting again until Monday and had just deadlifted, I think, Wednesday or Thursday. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So for me to be back in the 250s and stuff okay. is moving quickly i i haven't I like touched it. i haven't been deadlifting at all basically until very recently so um for those to be moving the way they were was a good sign so maybe i just need to have thanksgiving dinner before i lift i don't hey, know hey i like it good stuff know. we might try that and uh i don't know what else has been going on i've just been hanging out and mm-hmm. just doing hood rat shit with my friends hey. <laughs> And uh, I bought a robot vacuum. I think that's the highlight of my life right now, which is basically a sign that I am old as fuck. Right. um, That I am this excited about a fucking vacuum cleaner. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. it has, I think everybody knows now I've got two dogs and the amount of time I devote to chasing dog hair down has just become too much. I can't imagine. I can't afford a full-time housekeeper. I wish I had that kind of bank, but I don't. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So uh, that was my first Black Friday purchase was Mm -mm. a robot vacuum cleaner, Care of Amazon. And I have been playing with it like a crazy person. Um, It is probably, in terms of household shit, probably the best thing I've ever bought. Huh. Because seriously, it has a remote. I can program it. I don't even have to be in the house when it vacuums. That is amazing. I don't even have how, to be here. How, how have the dogs received it? Well, Sasha spent most of yesterday chasing it and headbutting it every time I tried to run it. Mm-hmm. Marlo is terrified of it. Aww. Which is pretty much what I would expect from him. Um, right. And Sasha and the headbutting also expected that's just kind of what she does. She headbutts doors. She headbutts vacuum cleaners. She mm-hmm, headbutts mm-hmm. all kinds of things. That's just what she does. So um, I won't be running it when I'm not home because mm-hmm. I don't want Marlo to have a cow. Um 
but I do I have I ran it I ran it yesterday for like a really you know baseline get an idea of what it can and can't do mm-hmm. and then I ran it today very briefly because Sasha knocked something on, out over on her way outside and it is so nice that I didn't have to go and drag out the vacuum cleaner like, mm-hmm. and then turn it on and then bend over and put I just right. pressed the button and went and sat my butt down on the couch and pressed the arrow until that little robot found its way over to the mess and then when it was time for it to go back to its little charging station I hit the little button for it to go home and it goes home and docks Ugh. itself that sounds amazing. I, need, I told you, like I said the other day, I was like, I need one of those so I can just ride on it around the house. I want to see that. I'm tired. I want to see. I want to see the footage of that. Please, yes. let's get on that. Yes. And yeah, I mean, and it's. Oh, it's I mean, I. I wouldn't. I wonder if they do. They maybe they just need to make those in giant sizes so we can walk around. Girl, don't anymore. even let me find out because I will never walk anywhere <laughs> ever again. But speaking of that, that's also the best part of Thanksgiving holiday, other than the food is the shopping so tell us what you bought uh let's see so i have uh, the vacuum i just literally about 30 seconds before we started recording Mm -hmm. um bought a new kindle because one of the things that i have decided for next year is i need to read more in a way that has nothing to do with my computer or my Mm -hmm. tablet basically something I, i need to read on something that does not allow me to see facebook or Instagram or anything else. Mm-hmm. I don't have enough room in my apartment for tons and tons of paper books, so Kindle it is, and I ah. just invested in a new one. I had mm-hmm. one before. It They discontinued the old ones, so you have to upgrade. Uh, so I finally just did the upgrade, and I'll guess that'll come. And then I think I've purchased just about everything that they have on the IAB MFG website, mm-hmm. um, as you saw when we talked earlier yes. today. <laughs> everything you showed me, I was like, ooh, I want that, ooh, I want that, ooh, I want that. I mean, real talk, y'all, even when it's not Black Friday, and I don't advertise for anybody. These people are not paying me to say this. They have some of the best deals ever. <sighs> I don't know that I've ever paid full price mm-hmm. for anything on there. We will be putting that in the show notes, so, of course. Yeah, if you, that, that, the, I, I'm a big fan. Their shorts and stuff are cute and mm-hmm. fit well. The material's great, so I bought a bunch of stuff from them. And then I bought... I jumped all over the Feed Me Fight Me sale, of course, because mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I am a big, big fan of their, like, they just have fun shorts and yeah, shorts and they stuff. Do. Their stuff they is do. super and fun. And different. You're not going to see them everywhere. Exactly. So, so um, yeah, those, I got that. And then is there anything else ridiculous that I bought? <sighs> I feel like there's something I'm missing. I bought a bunch of makeup, but that's... Mm-hmm. That's that would have happened with or without Black Friday, so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> or Cyber Monday or any of the other days associated with that. So I think those are the right. big things. I just I'm trying to uh, round out my workout wardrobe just a little bit, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so that I can stop doing laundry every 15 minutes. Right, driving me crazy. That's a good thing. So yeah, that's 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 it. Shopping and learning how to use my little robot vacuum cleaner, turning my apartment oh. into the Jetsons, and yeah. That's what it. we've been up to around here. I love it. Cool. Well, it sounds like you've been, uh, you know, oh, sorry about that, doing fun stuff. Um, so f- as far as me, um, just spent the week trying to get back into the groove of life. Um, I was out of town and I, I'm not sure if I said last episode that I was going to get my suitcase off the floor and empty it out. You definitely did, didn't. I'm full of shit because I did not do that. Um, <laughs> so I, my new goal is to do that this weekend. Um, we hosted Thanksgiving here um, for my 
um, husband's family, which was totally fine because I really only had to cook one thing. So I made um, the cornbread dressing and he fried the turkeys and my in-laws brought over a lot of stuff. So it was a, it was a fun time. It was very chill. Um, and I was very glad at the end of it all, I could go put on my sleep scarf and my pajamas and go to bed. So, Amen. Yes, um, that was fabulous. Um, and then my son went, uh, she, my mother-in-law actually took him with her um, on Thanksgiving evening. He spent the weekend over there. So he got some quality grandma time. They're planning their world cruise for next I year. I forgot for about that. Eighth grade graduation. I was like, this is ridiculous. Um, but anyway, so they had a good time. And then we really just used the time to chill. Like I, I, I slept a lot and um, just really tried to focus on, you know, uh, mobility and trying to chill and be, you know, kind to myself. And it's been, um, it's been a rough couple of weeks. And I realize now that the reason that I've been very unsettled is that um, December is typically not a pleasant month for me. I mean, it is, but it, it, it always starts off a little rough. Um, my, I think I told you this, but my, my father passed away over a decade ago but he passed away the week before Christmas so that's always a tough time for me and then of course um, last year and again I don't know if I mentioned this on previous episode but um, a very 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 dear friend of mine um, passed away while we were all on vacation last year the first week of December so oh that was in December I can't believe it's coming up already on a year wow anyway so I realize now that's why I've been kind of just feeling weird, you know, and just unsettled. So just really took some time this weekend to kind of chill. Um, trained on Saturday and um, it was fine. I can't remember if I was doing all the squats or all the deadlifts, but it, <coughs> excuse me. I feel like you were doing all the squats. I want to say you were squatting. Let's see, Saturday. I might no, totally Saturday, actually, Saturday, I did all the deadlifts and all the bench because I had squatted on friday um so anyway so i i uh and it you know it was fine um i did that and uh in terms of black friday shop first of all i'm gonna either need them to rename black friday um like because i feel like it still has a negative connotation to it um so they either need to call it something else or they need to recognize that if we are going to call it black friday that is because it is lit as fuck (laughs) yeah Yes. So Black Friday, Black Friday, what did I buy? Oh, so I really kind of surprised and was a little disappointed in myself because I really wanted to buy all of the things and I really couldn't find anything that I was like dying for. The stuff that I really thought that I was going to be like, oh, you know, when they when it was released, and it was mostly workout stuff. When it was released, I was kind of like, eh. So I um, purchased a few things from um, Donuts and Deadlifts which I think I had a store credit there from something I'd returned earlier. So really I didn't purchase anything because it, it cost me zero dollars, <laughs> but so that was fun. Um, and then I actually bought a couple of things off of uh, Outlook, which is like Nordstrom's Racks kind of outlet thing. Um, that's like, I'm always up on there. So I bought a, a pair, I think I bought a pair, a pair of boots and something else from there. So that was cool. Um, yeah, that's it. And then, of course, uh, I was um, talking to D earlier today, and I found a black feather cape that I have decided that I, I must purchase. I need you to have that, like, immediately. I need to have it. 
Um, so I did that. And then of course right now I have like, because I have the attention span of a flea, I have got about 47 items in, <laughs> <laughs> in numerous shopping carts around the interwebs, sending me emails going, hey, you, have, you need to purchase this. So I probably need to get on that. And then one of those things, because this is all D's fault, so I yeah. hate you for this, um, I did it. is getting, finding a um, planner to use for next year, like kind of a life planner thing, but you know, something that's a little bit more, uh, in like a little bit more structured than just a journal um and apparently these are now again a thing so i didn't realize this like when i so i you know was looking online um just at different stores to see what i could find not only that there are like instagram pages yes. dedicated to people's yes planners, which yes is a little uh, I'm weird not really sure how i feel weird about that. i think it's but weird it was just real i did not know that planners were a thing so, yes um and of course you know me i'm looking for a planner that is black as fuck so if you guys you know know of any uh planners that are more geared towards uh black women please let me know hit us up in the dms because i really would love to uh support a smaller business and um have something that you know is reflective of me and myself so that was really it. Um, talked to my coach a little bit this weekend and I literally like had one of those moments when I was like, oh yeah, so you know, when I do this meet in like two months and then nah. I was like, actually it's two weeks. So that was a little freaky for me. Um, so he kind of had to talk me off a ledge or off out of the squat rack or something um, when I talked to him about that. But anyway, so Monday, Oh, right, because he sent me all of my opening lifts. And I was like, wait, what? I think yes, because that's when you texted else. me when you were like, uh, he's crazy. Yeah. So um, I was a little, you know, kind of, it was just weird seeing it written out like that. I was like, this, reading it seems really heavy. Um, and then, so I'm supposed to practice my openers on Monday coming up with, uh, you know, the oh, ugly onesie and all. So we'll see how it goes. You know? <laughs> go in and not have any expectations of anything so um i mean you know so far the prep has actually gone really well in terms of um my lifts and things like that so and i i think well you know I, I, and this is just my sort of philosophy anyways and it's his too to err on the side of caution um just to make sure you are comfortable and you know you get those white lights as opposed to necessarily going for broke in your first meet and i'm fine with that so we'll see how that works out. y'all dm her and tell her she'll be fine i will be fine and interestingly enough that brings us to tonight's topic so um i so i'm usually not one to uh get all freaked out like that in my head um even when i was bodybuilding i don't know i mean i I'm, i did but it was just it just felt different anyway so I was thinking about um, some stuff, you know, in terms of kind of how to really relax this week, next week coming up and et cetera, et cetera. And I um, was thinking about, so one of my favorite podcasts is The Read, shout out to The Read. Um, and one of the hosts on there, um, Crystal, she says something and it really resonates with me a lot. Um, her favorite thing to say is words mean things, right? And um, she means it in a little bit of a different way, but I started thinking about that in terms of self-talk, right? And it's one of those like, 
you know, hocus pocus, you know, fuzzy wuzzy terms that really doesn't mean anything and means everything. So um, I started thinking a lot about self-talk, not not only for, you know, myself going into this meet, but just generally in life um, and kind of wanted to dig into that because I think it's something that we all do, um, whether it's positive or negative self-talk. So I thought it might be interesting to talk a little bit about, you know, uh, dig into it a little deeper. I, I uh, came across an article that was absolutely fascinating to me about positive self-talk for athletes and you know does it work and how does it work and what kinds and all that so i thought we could talk a little bit about that first and then maybe talk some more about you know anecdotally what what works and what hasn't what has and what has not worked for each of us in terms of self-talk so um i guess the first thing that i will do um is throw out the definition so this article that i read uh, is by Lindsay Wilson, who um, runs an, a company called Positive Performance Mental Training Zone. She played uh, basketball, college basketball and then played uh, professionally f- overseas. And um, she's written some really interesting articles about mental training. Um, and I'm, you know, obviously as it uh, pertains to athletes. Um, so anyway, this article started talking about that. And one of the things it did was it said that the Mayo Clinic definition of self-talk is the endless stream of unspoken thoughts that run through your head that can be positive or negative. Furthermore, if your thoughts are mostly positive, you're likely an optimist, someone who practices positive thinking. Positive thinking, therefore, is the result of positive self-talk, and those can offer multiple health benefits, such as increased lifespan, increased immunity, blah, 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 blah. And then, um, you know, they gave some some examples of, of positive and negative self-talk. I'm actually going to put the link to this article in the notes because I really do think it's fascinating. Um, so what are your thoughts? What do you what do you how do you define self-talk? Be? Um, I do. I pretty much think of exactly what the definition is, like the things you say to yourself. But mm-hmm. it was funny because I read something earlier today and I've been trying to track it down since you and I started talking about this as a topic. There's mm-hmm. an there's an article that came out maybe two years ago that mm-hmm. talks about positive, like being positive all the time. And it's funny because I've always had coaches who said positive self-talk is like what you mm-hmm. need to do, at least in an athletic context. Um, right. It's what you need to do to have good outcomes. And I thought, and I always wanted to know from an athletic perspective what people think about the other side of the thing, of game, of the game. Because there are a couple articles that have come out over the last few years about the idea of not necessarily the negative self-talk, but having negative emotions and dealing with them in those moments. Right. And how those can also be helpful. Mm-hmm. And it's weird because no one ever talks about that we always talk about the positive self-talk and i think it's really important and i think i think of self-talk generally on like just the very large spectrum because i think positive self-talk is a thing Mm -hmm. and i think she said in that article like sometimes there's there's positive self-talk like almost you know cheering yourself on self-talk and then right. more practical self-talk which is right, more like right. the cueing and things like that yeah yeah we'll so get into that definitely i definitely think more about the at least in my experience i can't speak for anybody else mm-hmm. but the things mm-hmm. that come to mind for me when you talk about self-talk is and i know this is the way i deal with it on a more you know myself kind of basis is the actual cueing and thought processes of how i do things mm-hmm. so what i say to myself as i'm doing things so it 
some people may say it's positive some people may say it's negative some people may say it's just kind of an ambiguous place but i definitely right. think of it's the thought more about the thoughts that run through your head in general Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's how i yeah. think of it same same the only thing i would add to that and i mean i 100 agree with you um and not add to your definition but add to the male definition and you i mean you basically just spoke to this like i think my concept has of self-talk has evolved throughout the years um not only in terms of of you know uh sports or you know athletics or hobbies but also in life and i think you raised a very important point i i think it's really helpful to you know practice self-talk but i also think it's helpful to practice practical self-talk right um you know allowing yourself to feel the full spectrum of emotion but reframing it so what i mean by that is um let's say there's something coming up right okay i'll put i know what it is i'll put it in in the context of a crossfit wad so i you know go to our you know crossfit laurel you know look at the website shout out crossfit laurel and see the wad right and it's horrible like it involves every single move that i don't like to do that i suck at um you know all the things that i hate right so I think there's three ways that you can approach it and that people would approach that way. Right? So for the first way, that could be a negative thing. Like, oh my God, this is terrible. How am I going to do this? This sucks, blah, 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 blah. The second way is, uh, you know, kind of the Mayo sort of definition in terms of you can do this, you know, um, it's going to be great. You know, you're going to feel so much better afterwards, blah, 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 blah. So I think for me, I, I like a... Ha- I want to say it's a happy medium because it's not negative, but it's just practical. And what I mean by that is I would look at that wad and say to myself, you know what? This is going to suck. However, you're strong. You, you know, have been doing X, Y, and Z, and you'll get through it just like you've gotten through other things. So I think to that extent, it, it is helpful to, you know, kind of like you said, acknowledge that, you know, maybe scary or negative feeling, you know, initially, but then reframe it like, okay, but why, you know, that, that part is going to suck. I acknowledge that, but how are we going to flip this around? Right. Um, so that's kind of what I would add to um, the male definition. Like I said, I think that was kind of on, on target with what you were saying. And I've started to do that a lot more, um, you know, particularly, like I said, in life examples where, you know, things have, you know, happened that are just horrible or I know that they're going to happen and I'm dreading them. And I'm like, okay, you know what? This is going to be really hard. You might even cry. It's a little scary, but, you know, this is why it's going to be okay. So um, anyway, so going through this article, like I said, you know, um, one of the things that um, that uh, was mentioned is about, you know, why self positive self-talk is is um, valuable for athletes. And it, it really went through kind of a list of things that um it, it's found to be helpful with and some of them I knew and some of them were really surprising to me so the first one is you know positive self-talk can improve confidence of course that makes total and complete sense um, the second was positive self-talk does positively affect performance and like I said you know that 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 makes sense um, self-talk affects motor skill performance more than cognitive performance. And I found that to be pretty interesting and surprising. Um, n- not that I thought it would be the opposite, but I would have thought that it would have been about the same. Um, so I was pretty surprised to read that. Now, and see, then that's funny. Cause for me, that totally makes sense. 
Mm-hmm. I think, mm-hmm. but that's also, I think, because of the way I have always been taught to self-talk. Right. Because of the background, my athletic background up until this point, powerlifting is a little different, mm-hmm. but gymnastics, ballet, mm-hmm. um, dance in general, um, those kinds of sports you don't really get the positive self-talk. I mean, Lord knows ballet is probably one of the most <laughs> negative things you could possibly do. Right. Um, yeah. But what we do learn is that when we are nervous, and if you watch me when I deadlift, you see it probably more than you see it anywhere else. Mm-hmm. We're taught to run through mentally. And almost sometimes I do it with my hands when I'm dancing. And when I was in cheer and gymnastics, you run through things with your hands in your head. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's reinforcing um, the motor part of it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in your head. So it's right. not necessarily that positive self-talk. Like, I don't know that I've ever had a ballet teacher or a gymnastics coach be like, you're awesome. Go get it. Right. You can it's, do it. It's right. never been that. It's right. You know what you're doing. Right. Now, you've practiced, the, practiced this 450 million times because you do realistically in those in those situations, just like powerlifting, you do the right. same thing over right. and over and over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know the cue, you know this, when you feel this, on this count you do this. And, on, and I can literally, even to this day, there are certain songs that I haven't danced to in 15 years or 20 mm-hmm. years. Mm-hmm. Turn that mess on. I will give you the right. same choreography I did when I was eight years old. It might be a right. lot more wrecked now than it was <laughs> then because I am definitely not eight years old anymore. Right. But um, right. I, I, it makes sense to me when you think about what, although it's may, maybe not positive self-talk the way the Mayo definition is, it right. makes sense to me in the sense that you're reinforcing um, the motor patterns that <laughs> right you're, you know what i mean that you've been practicing yeah. all those time all yeah, that time yeah, yeah. and and it's it that's i literally that's how i brought my deadlift back this year mm-hmm. is what i erased everything that my mm-hmm. coaches told me mm-hmm. sorry guys <laughs> but literally i erased every word of instruction that both coaches i had this year had and i rewound myself back to the motor patterns i figured out myself mm-hmm. and walked through those when i did that that's when my deadlift came back right <laughs> so there's something to it i don't necessarily yeah, understand sure. how it works but it's there yeah i mean it definitely you know and and you probably understand this a little bit more than i do with respect to research and stuff but i mean it definitely sounds very sciencey the way that they, <laughs> i like you that know, kind it's of sciencey it's very sciencey um so <laughs> i love you <laughs> <laughs> don't you love that um let's let us not forget the whole uh situation with trivial pursuit um anyway <laughs> so uh so yeah so um self talk definitely affects motor skill performance more than cognitive performance like i said which i thought was pretty interesting um self-talk is best scripted ahead of time in practice and i think you know um for me that has worked well like there are certain cues that i have picked up along the way i mean really you know not only now but i'm starting to learn more about those now in powerlifting but you know even with um bodybuilding and competing and standing on stage it was never about me being like like you said you're awesome you can do it you've worked so hard you know it would be like like, you know, spread your lats, you know, holding your mm. abs, flex your leg, you know what I mean? So, and I, but I never thought about it as being self-talk. I just thought of it as, you know, kind of running through that scenario in my head. So, um, 
that, you know, and I, I've always kind of gone back to those buzzwords or, or variations of them, depending on what I sort of needed to focus on. Um, so yeah, you know, that, that definitely, I think works well. You, you probably don't want to be picking out um, some self-talk stuff as you are approaching the deadlift platform. At no, um, no. Yeah, Figure that out before you get there. Don't want to do that. Um, and then... Um, so the next thing was uh, that research shows that there are differences in what types of statements you just you should say at different times. But of course, there's always a but um, what works for each person is fundamentally a matter of personal preference. Like we said, you know, your mileage may vary. Different things are going to work for different people. So this is just kind of a, a guideline, guys. And I'm definitely not sciencey. So like I said, you <laughs> um, you know, D is more sciencey than I am, you know, uh, check out the article, we'll put the link in there and you can kind of do some digging for yourself. Um, and then this one too was, it, initially it was surprising to me, but once I started thinking back about what I have done and what um, has worked for me, it was less so. And it says that addressing yourself by name or as you is found to be more powerful than I statements. Um, and I found that to be really interesting because, like I said, initially, you know, um, my self-talk sort of method routine, if you will, has has definitely evolved and changed over the years. And one of the things that, you know, we talked about, um, you know, the kind of, you know, cheerleading, you can do it and blah, 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 blah. And, you, and I am awesome and da, 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 da. Um, I've kind of flipped that around. So if I do say an I statement, it's more of, you know, like I said, going into a situation, I'm calm, I'm calm, you know, I'm this, I'm that, I'm peaceful, things like that. Um, so, but there have been other times where I'll say, you know, and this is more, I think, um, from a technical perspective, like if I'm trying to execute something, whether it be in, you know, CrossFit or now powerlifting, okay, Brianna, you know, and whatever that thing is that I'm saying. So I, I have done that before. I think I initially kind of shied away from it because you know, that whole, I just think if you talk about yourself in the third person, generally, you're kind of an asshole, but <laughs> I think under these circumstances, obviously I don't know what I'm talking about. So, um, yeah, yeah I, I was, I was pretty surprised to, to find that out. Um, and then, and this is, you know, I think stating the obvious self-talk should focus on what you should do rather than what you should not do. So um, those are kind of some of the findings that the um, author of this article discovered in doing her research. And I think, you know, again, those are all um, pretty like it makes sense and, and they are a little surprising. But um, yeah, so I think the next thing we could talk a little bit about, unless you have something to add, I don't want to just be talking, talking, talking. Um, you got something to add? Well, I was thinking about what you were saying about the you and the I statements. Mm -hmm. And I was trying to remember when I started talking to myself as, you know, you and or right. D or Adina or mm -hmm. whichever my mm -hmm. many identities I happen to be at any given moment. Right. Um, I swear I don't have multiple personality disorders. <laughs> um, I was like, oh, that's an interesting <laughs> statement. Clear but um, it's, I, I don't remember when that started, but there was definitively a point I think I might have done it for the first time when I, and I, I know I told this story on the podcast and this is so funny because now that I think about it, I was really young when I did this, mm -hmm. when I told you guys about the time that my dad came and like kicked that dance teacher's ass who made me cry to oh, get right, right, through right, the part yeah. of the class before I started completely melting down. Like that's how I got through the class was mm -hmm. 
you know how to do this. You mm-hmm. are okay. You are okay. You are okay. And I think because I've had years of kind of, I guess you could say, and my approach to sports in general has always been, I just kind of point at something and I'm like, I'm going to do that. Now, I am a neurotic type A person. Like the way you're jumping into your meat, yeah, that is literally not something that I would ever be able to do. Why? Mm -hmm. Because I need to feel 199.9% prepared to do something. Mm-hmm. And that is when I think why my self-talk works the way it does and why I've always been able to do the kind of you thing, because I think I learned really early on that I have to be able to be almost um, prescriptive and instructive to myself. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. like I said, I don't do the cheerleading thing a lot, but I guess when you're telling yourself what to do, I almost have to be the coach in my head. Right, exactly. So it's it's when your coach is talking to you if you actually have a human coach sitting there or if you're Mm -hmm. coaching someone else you don't say you don't you know you wouldn't use i if your coach was talking to you they wouldn't talk to you in such a way that would lead to i type statements you're coaching yourself because i think about when you see coaches like when i watch nationals or worlds or whatever on youtube you always Mm -hmm. hear the coaches in the background stand up pull pull push pull pull right so you're doing that in your own head and Mm -hmm. so naturally that's you know kind of where that would stem from i think having i statements would almost confuse me Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i feel like that would be really confusing to have in your head as much as it does kind of feel like an asshole thing to do to talk to yourself in the third person or talk about yourself in the third person yeah i don't know that i've ever used a true i statement to do the self-talk thing right it's just, almost like a passive third third person voice. Right. Like I created a coach. It's almost like I create a coach in my head. Right. Who talks me through the other stuff while the rest of me is doing whatever it is that mm-hmm. the coach in my head is talking through. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that's, I, I, I guess I've also had to do that because I'm painfully, painfully, painfully shy and have mm-hmm. social, social anxiety issues. But somehow I've been performing on stages since I was like four. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So I think the only way you can get through that is to be able to separate yourself mm-hmm. to a certain extent and talk yourself through it. So I think there are a couple of ways that I've cultivated it over the years, but I never thought about that consciously that there were people out right. there who kind of did the I statement thing. Mm-hmm. And I know you know this about me. I am not a fan of the self cheerleading thing. So right. I wouldn't be able to do that anyway. I'm... Mm-hmm sitting i am the greatest power lifter in the world right yeah what yeah you have to do it with (laughs) and that's i think that's the thing you know as with most things you you have to figure out what is organic to your energy and who you are and and be that you know what i mean and i it's funny because um i had this conversation with another uh power lifter friend of mine not too long ago and we were just sort of talking about you know after watching raw nationals and kind of seeing how people approach um you know sort of or get themselves hyped or you know kind of approach um their lift and you know it's really interesting um one of the things that she had mentioned she's um had the opportunity to um train with kimberly walford on a couple of occasions and you know it's always so funny because we see how intense she is when she you know is at a meet like she's just intense and you know my girlfriend was like the crazy thing is she's like that in practice too you know, so it makes sense for her, right? Mm-hmm. Because that is authentically who she is. Now, for me, I'm—I don't know. We'll see. But you know, it, the point she was making was, 
that's just not who I am. Um, she said, I'm definitely intense, but it's, it's more of a quiet intensity. And if I tried to do that, it wouldn't work because I'd be trying to be like her as opposed to being like myself. Um, so I think the same thing with self-talk, like the, you know, the, the article said, I mean, you know, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about the different kinds and when to use, when, you know, when you should use what type, but that may be completely opposite for you. Um, and it's really funny what you were just saying, because literally, there was a place in this um, article that talked a lot about, you know, that the whole I versus you and, and why it seems to be more helpful um, and more successful to use you. And they the article gave a little example of a study that was done, but it mentioned literally what you just said, that um, it's almost like you become your own coach, you know, when you are able to do that. And then also... Um, I thought this was an interesting point. It said people who used you or their names um, in positive self-talk sounded more rational and less emotional, perhaps because they were able to get some distance from themselves. So, I mean, that, you know, speaks directly to the point that you just make. And I, and like I said, now I can see, you know, and I'll be more mindful of situations where I'm using you versus I and, and kind of really paying attention to how that makes me feel. Um so uh, that being said, um, so the next uh, thing I wanted to go over a little bit was about the different kinds of self-talk and, and you know, kind of what to use when. But before I get to that, uh, I thought this was really interesting when they were talking about um, uh, the Mayo Clinic's um, definition and sort of, you know, they gave a couple of examples verse, of negative versus positive. And it said that their kind of general rule in terms of self-talk is don't say anything to yourself that you wouldn't say to anyone else. Now. I thought that this was really good and funny for several reasons. Um, Number one, I think it's really good because I think generally speaking, we are so much more critical and harsher with ourselves than we are with others. But it also made me chuckle because, you know, when you're kind of an asshole, you will say whatever, you'll <laughs> right. say some crazy shit to other people. Right. I was like, I was like, wait a minute. In my case, right. that's a total backfire right. exactly. because I have definitely, definitely like I was just thinking about this the other day. I definitely will say to myself on if I'm having a really shitty bench day, mm-hmm. D, pull your shit together. Just pull right. your shit together. Pull right. your shit together, D. And it's not that I'm being mean to myself. I mean literally, just come right. on, bitch, pull your shit together. Right. right. But and I, I would totally tell you that. Like if we were right. at a meet and you were falling apart, I wouldn't be like, Oh my God, Brie. I'd be like, right. bitch, get it together. What's wrong get with it you? Together. Right. And and I and I and that's fine, right? I, I, I absolutely <laughs> agree and appreciate that. I think I think you're thinking more of along the lines of, girl, your ass looks crazy. You know what I mean? Like I think they're looking at it more from a negative way but that's exactly what i mean the same stuff that i would the same stuff that i would say to myself i would say to somebody else because that's just inherent in my personality not that i you know go around organic you know trying to be a a a jackass but i just my demeanor is a lot more straightforward i think and practical than you know um that's just me so the way that i would address myself is probably the way that i would address you as well um now how that would be received is a different story the mayo so. clinic may the not mayo clinic ain't us. met us girl they ain't met because us i was just thinking about even with um amy i don't know if you can hear it in her videos when she posted them from saturday mm-hmm. but she was 
working her way to a heavy single for her deadlifts. And I'm pretty sure that if you listen to that, I'm literally just yelling at her and coaching her. I'm like, get tight. Pull, pull. Right, like, there's right. nothing friendly or right, exactly. positive. But honestly, that's the only thing I would want to hear. I wouldn't right. want, like, I, like, I'm saying to her what I would want to hear. I wouldn't right. want, like, go, Amy, go. Like, right. I would want to punch people in the face. That's all, right, and, but, and, and you have to be authentic to yourself, right? So I think, you know, hopefully most people, you know, will appreciate in in the spirit in which it's given, but, you know, it may not because some people <laughs> that may not work for them, and that's okay too. You know, that doesn't make you bad or oh, them bad. It's funny. just just different styles work for different people. The so, but that, I thought that us. was hilarious. So I might I might need to reach out to them and be like, uh, can we, can y'all do a study on us? Because guess what? Um, um, yeah. So anyway, um, so I thought it might be cool to talk a little bit about the different types of self-talk as they were defined um, in this article. And again, you know, most of these I kind of was aware of, but it's just interesting the way that they sort of um, put it together. So they said that there are really four specific categories of performance-based self-talk. So the first one is calming, relaxing. Um, and the example they gave was take a deep breath. And I do that a lot, more so in just life in general, as opposed to, um, you know, uh, um, performance, but I, that is definitely one of my favorite things to remind myself to just breathe. Um, the second type is instructional, you know, i.e. bend your knees, i.e. spread your lats, i.e. squeeze your shoulder blades together. Um, and I have actually found that to be incredibly helpful for me, um, whether it be in CrossFit, like I said, when I was, um, you know, competing in bodybuilding, and even now in powerlifting, you know, I've, I've started to say the same little things to myself, um, you know, when I'm getting ready to, like I said, you know, working up to a heavy single or whatever. Um, but they tend to be more technical points than just sort of the generic you go girl um <laughs> i hate that phrase so fucking i do much, too I that's why you. i laugh so um, hard it, it, it it's has been ruined it's for just, me yeah, but that no. is a whole other that's a that's whole, a whole other, other episode for another yeah. day anyway uh an episode with wine um yes, so and then the third it. type is motivational which is yes come on let's go and then um the fourth type again which is it's something I do. I just never thought about it as a type of self-talk and that's um, focus. So the example they gave is don't think about anything, just concentrate, just do. So I thought that was pretty interesting the way that um, that was put together. And, you know, obviously, um, you know, different things are going to work for different people and different things are going to work in different situations. But, um, you know, the article sort of referenced um, what they found when they were doing kind of an analysis about self-talk and what worked when. And it seems like instructional self-talk, i.e., you know, bend your knees, chest up, you know, chin up, whatever, is most helpful for tasks requiring fine skills or improving technique. Well, duh, that makes sense, right? Um, right. You know, if you're trying to get to the next level with, you know, um, you know, whatever, your snatch or your jerk or, you know, clean or whatever, elbows up is usually the first thing that a coach will tell you elbows up keep your elbows up keep your elbows up keep your elbows up right so just even I think the practice of repeating that to yourself over and over again every single time that you go to execute the movement um, is helpful um, and then the second thing they said was that motivational self-talk like we you know discussed kind of give it your all you got this seems to be more effective in tasks requiring strength or endurance boosting confidence and psyching up um, athletes for competition so that one was a little we odd for me because 
it almost seems to be contradicting the first uh-huh. statement because it mentioned it seems to be more effective in tasks requiring strength or endurance. Now I can see how it could work for running or you know running a marathon, but in terms of strength, you know the stuff that we do we have to use our fine motor skills to do it. Right. Right. So, um, I thought that was kind of interesting, but you know, again, you know, different things for different people, but it just definitely said that, go ahead. I guess my thought here is from a partial, I took a lot of neuroscience courses in college kind of place is (laughs) maybe the difference is this, um, when we're talking about strength, endurance versus Mm -hmm. fine motor skills and technique, Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm. Even though I'm not going to say, I can say wholeheartedly, this is not how this shit works for me. But what I think they're getting at here is the idea of your instructional self-talk is taking you through. Because realistically, though, when you are powerlifting, when you're in a meet situation or you're going after your max, for Mm -hmm. example, you're Mm -hmm. not. I mean, realistically, when you're going after your max, you're definitely not thinking about the technique of what you're doing that's why these maxes are so freaking ugly so but the training leading up to that meet or that max you do have to think through okay like for me with my bench arch i have to think about okay your feet need to literally be underneath your ass for your bench for your arch to be in the right place if your feet are sitting in front of the bench they're not going you're not going to hit the arch Mm -hmm. put your feet Mm -hmm. back get back tuck your shoulders blah blah blah. and i do talk through every little bit of that when i'm trying to get to the technique that's going to get me to that max but when i get to the point where i'm going for that heavy single or that max i'm not going to necessarily push right exactly i'm not necessarily saying give it your all or something quite so coherent but i'm definitely not thinking through the technique. moment in that moment that I'm actually doing the lift, I'm not thinking, thinking through the technique. I'll think through the technique while I'm getting ready to go mm-hmm. do that lift. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like making the, I guess what you're doing in the moment that you're actually doing the lift or doing the activity, you're taking all of your fine motor skills and all of that technique that you've honed by going right. through the te- technical part and the instructional part and the instructional self-talk and you're really turning that into one big gross motor movement so it's not mm. it isn't that makes at sense. that point it is no longer your fine motor skills that are at work it is like right. this entire central nervous system working together to create this one larger movement right. so i guess right. it's the bridge between those two things yeah. that yeah. they're not necessarily naming that here right and I, maybe that's right. why it comes out, comes out a little funny is that we're not naming the thing that happens between the instructional self-talk right. and the motivational self-talk because I'm definitely not thinking about when I'm about to pick up a, mat, a deadlift max, I'm definitely, I might set up with right. technique. But let's get let's get real. Once that thing leaves the floor, you're not thinking about okay, right? I'm going to brace my core and then I'm going to tuck right. my shoulder blade. Like you're not thinking through yeah. those things. You're just you know. Pulling. It's funny that now that you said that, um, I, it, it, it makes it definitely makes more sense to me. Like for example, when we, um, you know, when our uh, when this, uh, the special Olympics athletes that I work with, um, 
went we did the fall festival last month and you know um again there was a, a, a one of the athletes i had been working with in terms of you know his deadlift and you know again in practice you know v- definitely you know sort of going over those repetitive technical points blah 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 um and so when we got there and he was actually doing really well but um he wanted to like kind of his last lift instead of being conservative he wanted to like go balls to the wall and so i said okay well let's do that and so you know i told him you know i didn't say remember you know press your feet through the floor remember do this do that i said remember if you don't do anything else, you keep pulling. Do not, well, I didn't say do not, but I was like, you pull for all your worth, right? That was it. And so when he, you know, got ready to go, I was just like, pull, keep pulling, keep pulling, right? And not necessarily, oh, you know, make sure your, you know, your, your uh, lats are engaged or make sure that, because it didn't really matter at that point. If he's trying to pull 400 pounds, <laughs> he better not let the bar go and keep pulling. That's it. Right. You know, so, kind of the right. same thing with giving birth. Like you go through all these things and you go through these classes and you breathe. And at the end of the day, you're like, bitch, push. You know <laughs> exactly. what I mean? Like, exactly. I mean, there comes so, yeah, a point I, where it doesn't matter anymore. Or right. you, you. And then you tune and if you watch enough powerlifting meets, you kind of see where it's funny how this happens. When you get to that last that last attempt where people are pulling usually pretty close to what they either heavier than they've ever pulled or pushed before, or, you know, close to what they've done probably at their max at the gym. Right. At first it is really just go, just pull, push, whatever it is. And it's not until, especially with deadlifts, when people are trying to lock out, then all of a sudden we switch back to right hips hips or you know yeah your shoulders yeah definitely you can go back and forth yeah but until you get to the point where you can get the damn bar off the floor right until you can get the bar off your chest or until you can bend your knees right right or or straighten your knees depending on where you are in your squat it's yeah so it seems like they're both they're interdependent they're right they're both interdependent so um, but anyway, so yeah, so, you know, again, of course, obviously at the end of it, it said, but you know, it's personal preference and you know, whatever works for you works for you and that's fine. Um, but, and one of the things that th- it did make a point of mentioning that I just sort of did when I was talking was saying that when you are doing your self talk, you really want to make sure that you're framing it positively and not negatively. So like I said, when I was talking to the athlete, you know, I had to be very careful not to say, don't let go of the bar. I said, keep pulling the bar. Right. And you would think that such a subtle thing doesn't make a difference, but it really does. Like when like when as soon as I said, don't let go of the bar, like for myself, I felt pressure. Mm -hmm. Right. I felt this pressure as opposed to someone as opposed to a strength thing, like someone sort of lifting me up or me lifting myself up. So it's really, really important, I think, to make that distinction, you know, even if it's, you know, things that you, let's say something where it's kind of a weak point of yours that you've, or that you've been working on, you know, when you get in that situation, you want to make sure that whatever talk you're giving yourself, you're framing it from a positive standpoint, even if it's something that was a negative for you. Um, and I think we do that in life, especially women, you know, especially black women, especially, you know, with imposter syndrome, it's the whole nine. You know, and it's really about shifting that paradigm and, and learning to kind of, you know, twist that talk. So it, it does become more positive than negative. Um, so uh, let's see, what else are we talking about? Oh, um, so we talked about uh, kind of the four kinds. 
Um, and they mentioned, they didn't really mention the focus one, but I wanted to kind of touch on that a little bit because I have found that I use that more in life, um, in life situations, particularly at work or, you know, when you're doing something like, you know, typing fast or whatever, you know, I find myself stop like here. Okay. Here's a prime example. You know, one of the things I think that has been uh, done a great disservice to people in general in terms of making them more effective at, you know, whatever it is they're trying to do and achieve is the concept of multitasking. Multitasking is stupid and it does not work. You could fight me on that. Um, and, you know, studies have shown, sciencey studies have shown <laughs> that, you know, and when, when you're trying to do a bunch of things at one time, you end up not doing any of them particularly well. But when you take one thing and, and put your focus into that and then move on to the next thing, you typically end up in a better situation. It may, it may take you a little longer, but there'll be fewer mistakes. You won't have to keep going back to it. Um, and I think that's where I tend to use focus a lot. You know, when you're in, at work, I mean, all day long, your phone is pinging, you're checking Facebook, you're doing this, you're doing that. Um, you know, you're working on a task and then somebody emails you and wants you to do something else. And you're like, ah, so you forget about your original task, right? So the focus self-talk has been very helpful for me, you know, to say it can wait, you know, whatever it is, if you know, my phone's ringing and I'm like in the middle of typing out a report or trying to, you know, uh, work with the students, it can wait it'll be fine. You know, if it's, if it's an emergency, this is my mom's thing, you know, cause she hates to answer her phone. Well, if it's an emergency, they'll call back or they'll leave a message. Like I don't, she's like, I don't feel compelled to answer on the first ring. So I think it's that same sort of thing where that, that self-talk can, can be helpful for you. If you have a, you know, issue with kind of multitasking or, you know, focus or being distracted, um, you know, just, just, again, it's almost like a gentle nudge to take yourself out of that situation and say, Hey, Let's focus on this. This is to be done by the end of the day. Let's focus on this. So um, I definitely think, you know, focus self-talk um, can be very, very helpful as well. I use um, it a lot, actually. I actually use it a lot for actual lifting. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. I oh, am... Okay. Um, because... Part of it is because social anxiety is a thing. Um, right. I found myself, and I, I, in a way, I wish I had actually recorded it, but I didn't want her to record it because I knew I didn't, I wasn't going to lo- like what I looked like physically right. because I was bloated and Thanksgiving. Right. Um, I kind of wish I had let Amy, because I, I hadn't touched 255 or whatever it was that we did in a, in a really long time. And um, mm-hmm. to pull that for the first time without my music that I usually use to center myself and without. Mm-hmm you know with people watching because amy and i were training together and we were sharing a platform so when i was lifting she was watching me and vice versa right and then there were two guys who were in the squat rack and the the uh squat setup for your like the competition squat setup Mm -hmm. um who were right next to us and they were taking breaks between sets and could see what we were doing too Mm -hmm. and so i haven't deadlifted with people really watching me probably in three or four months Mm -hmm. uh so Mm -hmm knowing that I was in an environment where multiple people could see me, I didn't have, I very deliberately didn't use my music. I was tempted to, but I didn't. I find myself as I'm trying to retrain myself to be able to deadlift again. That's the first thing I do. And I, you can see it in some of my videos. Um, if I leave them long enough for it to be visible, I have to 
center myself before I even bend over to look at the bar. Like I have to stop mm-hmm. everything around me and act like it's not there because right. otherwise I start thinking about what the other people are seeing around me or I right. start tuning into, um, because of dance, I'm a, I call myself a rhythmic lifter. Um, I five, six, seven, eight on my lifts. My mm-hmm. <laughs> drives coach mm-hmm. is crazy. But for right. me to be able to lift and not fuck up, I have to count them in like I count dances. So right. if I don't like the song, I'm fucked. So I really right. have to get to a point where I I can tune everything else out. And that's what I've right. had to learn how to do is to cue myself to whatever I was listening to in my headphones between lifts, I usually mm-hmm. program to something that makes me feel good for that lift. And I need to mm-hmm. keep that in my head. So I've had right. to train myself to use that focus skill so that yeah. when I, especially for, I don't need it for benching. I don't need mm-hmm. it for benching. Um, for those of you who don't know, I'm essentially now a push pull athlete. So squatting, what's that? Why would I do that ever? Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But for benching, I don't need that as much. Um, right. But I do have to, use the focus to make sure that the bar is still because you don't get any cues until the bar is still right so if i'm wiggling all over the place like an idiot i'm gonna be holding that 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 pause for a year so that's how i've been learning to kind of cultivate that focus self-talk is Mm -hmm. using it to be the thing because it's not a calming thing it's a focus thing right the calming happens before i ever even get to the focus thing yeah the focus thing is okay there's no one watching you right Right. don't look up yeah. you don't need to worry about them you don't need to worry about that music that you don't like you don't mm-hmm. need to worry about the fact that someone over there is picking a wedgie like right, <laughs> just right. pay attention and yeah. that's how i've been using that now um i've been trying to cultivate that especially in since a lot of our meets here um are in smaller venues where oh, yeah. you can hear the people mm-hmm, in the audience mm-hmm. talking and you can i mean i was at a meet one of the meets i went to this year i mean literally people were so close that you could almost reach out and touch the people when they were laying on the right. bench so right. you, if you have that constant if you're tuning into everything yeah you're never going to be able to lift right. so i've right. been trying to work on just because of the number of meets i've been to where there there's noise there's music there yeah. are two or three platforms going on really yeah. being able to just close all that out yeah. you make focus. a very good point um actually now that i'm thinking about it like i'm i'm sitting here because you know of course i'm all freaked out about you know doing my opening list or whatever um on monday and i, I you know i i think that i'm i think it would be wise for me to do that like no headphones you know and just do it that way because yeah, I don't really think I'm gonna be able to wear headphones when I'm not on the platform. There. You'll be right, able, exactly. You'll be able to exactly. wear them before you get on the right. platform and after and after. <laughs> but I, yeah, and I think you know it's interesting too, um, in terms of focus. And again, it's funny how you do things, but and you know that you do them, but you don't think they're a thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that the way that athletes set up for their lifts is the exact uh-huh. same thing. Yep. I think it is the exact same thing, you know, um, and, and trying to make sure that you re- recreate the same condition each and every time you go to mm-hmm. make a lift. Like you said, you know, making sure that your feet are under your ass when you bench, making sure that, you know, whatever, you know, whatever cues you've been given, you know, making sure that you, you know, regardless of what rack you're using you you know approach it in the same way now if you have to make an adjustment obviously you should be able to make an adjustment adjustment but 
I think those things too help you focus. Um, mm-hmm. And again, I just never, I just never thought of it like that, you know? So yeah, I, I, I can see how that is helpful. And that's also, you know, a, a, a type of self-talk and it really the same thing in life too. Like when I'm at work and I know that I have X, Y, and Z tasks to complete, I always do the same thing, right? You know, I always, you know, turn my phone on vibrator, you know, put it in my drawer. I, you know, grab, you know, this, whatever highlighter I love, you know, I, I go through a little process where I, you know, kind of pre-write things if I'm working on, you know, something I'm writing, even for this podcast, you know, preparing for that, you know, when I come home and I set up my space to get ready to, to podcast, it's almost like you are flipping that switch, you know, from being this or doing this to doing something else. And it's kind of a signal, I think, to your brain that, oh, okay, now we're focused on this, you know, even when I get ready to, to train at the ass crack of dawn in the morning, <laughs> I, I typically do the exact same, same, same thing because yep. my brain is like, we got to do this. And I mean, it's very helpful then because, you know, it is so early. I can't be, you know, trusted to really think about stuff. So, um, yeah, that's true. I guess, you know, those sorts of things also, um, you know, sort of qualify as focused type of self-talk. So, um, yeah, I think, um, you know, I think that was uh, kind of what I wanted to go through. And then th- they kind of listed some tips for, you know, uh, positive self-talk and how you can kind of apply it to your own life. Um, and, and like I said, I thought it was really important for us to do this as women, because I think that we we do a lot of self-talk all the time. Right. But I don't know that it's necessarily as positive as it could be or is it you know if it's positive at, at all and I really do think we talk ourselves out of greatness sometimes right um so I, that was one of the reasons I really really wanted to you know approach this and like I said and selfishly for myself because I'm preparing for this meet but so some of the tips they gave were and we kind of went through already but just to summarize you know self-talk should definitely be practiced ahead of time and I, I again I say that to say there is no right way in terms of what phrasing you use, what words you use, whatever works for you. You know, you can't look at somebody else's, you know, uh, Instagram and say, okay, what do they say to themselves? And just immediately (laughs) think that because they said that to themselves and lift all the pounds, it's going to work for you. You know, your word might be pizza. Shit, you don't know. You Mm. know what I'm saying? So you have to really be okay with being who you are. Um, I think that's really important. Um, and obviously it said, you know, you want to kind of take, use, use the time to find those things along the way, as opposed to waiting till the day before the day of your meet. Um, you know, and, and to, to, to kind of tie in that, the second tip was that while there are best practices, the focus should be less about negative, positive or good or bad self-talk and more about what is productive for you in certain situations. So, you know, you've got your toolbox, you've got your self-talk toolbox. What thing is going to help you to get to where you need to be? Right. Um, and, and, and again, that I think goes back to, you know, reframing. Um self-talk should be focused on what should be done rather than what should be avoided. And it's those subtle shifts, you know, instead of saying, you know, don't let your back collapse, say, keep tight. Same thing, but it's just a different connotation, I think, Um, especially in the heat of the moment where you might be, you know, have a lot of emotions going on. Um, And then um, this one was interesting, too. Um, and it just said that it's really difficult to turn off self-talk. So, you know, don't feel like, and, and I, you know, it's weird. We say this a lot in terms of, um, 
you know, dealing with certain types of things, dealing with mental health things, whatever, you know, turn off those voices in your head. And I don't, I, I mean that more in a way of, you know, how you treat yourself and how you talk to yourself, not actual voices, like, you know, sort of medically. <laughs> if, you have, situation. if you have actual voices in your head, yeah, you, you there, are, to, there you is help for that. And you need to that's well beyond our... I, we're not I those professionals about that. No, we are not. And I'm not claiming to be any sort of mental health nope. professional. But I think I think that's one of the things too, just to recognize, you know, it's not bad to have that monologue or dialogue running in your head. It, it, it's actually quite normal and common. And again, it's just shifting things a little bit and reframing them. So that gradually that dialogue is something that is positive and works for you. So um did you have any uh final thoughts about that i think related to self-talk and they don't talk about it in the article but i think it's something that just to add some context when you are working with athletes as from a coaching perspective Mm -hmm. um i think it's important to and i think i said this in another one of our episodes to understand what kind of athlete you're dealing with right exactly in terms of one size does not fit all and it's and what their self-talk is going to look like is going uh, is going to feed from what kind of person they are um so i know one of my struggles this year as everyone i'm sure knows has been my deadlift and i'm slowly starting to realize is it's my deadlift fell apart when i was constantly getting feedback about little things and a lot Mm -hmm. of times the the little things i was getting feedback on were phrased in such a way as don't let blah 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 happen right Right. And again, see, it's and pressure. So now I go to set up and what I and I think I said earlier in this episode that what I had to do to deprogram all of that and get back to where I could deadlift again was to literally forget everything my coaches were telling me and go right. back to what I was doing when I was coaching myself. And it was because I can still feel what was wrong. I mean, there is genuinely right. a movement pattern that I really need to fix. But mm-hmm when it was constantly don't do this or don't right. let blah 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 happen i was right. so focused on that that as soon as i started to feel it happen i right. wouldn't deadlift i just couldn't right because you i was stop because i was my focus was on okay i have to do this right i need to get stronger i'm trying to do a meet i'm trying to do this mm-hmm. and now i i need to focus on this one thing because this is going to be the make or break to my deadlift it really right. isn't i can still deadlift just as heavily right. it's just a yeah. little scary to watch sometimes yeah but I think you really, from a coaching perspective, um, need to realize the role in what you telling your, like what you say to your athletes and how that feeds into what they're telling themselves. Because if you do, if you are one to coach, and there are coaches who do coach this way, regardless of the sport, um, who do coach from a don't do X perspective or a be careful that you don't let xyz happen perspective right Right. there are plenty of coaches out there who do that like i said i come from the world of dance and gymnastics where a lot of times you are getting yelled at and told what Mm -hmm. you're doing wrong with very little positive feedback and in those worlds you grow up doing that so you get used to it and you learn how to process that but i think when you're someplace where that can be avoided and that's not necessarily the culture of the sport from a coaching perspective, it's super important to know right. that your feedback feeds into the self-talk mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that your athletes have and how right. they kind of program themselves. 
Right. And I think, you know, we talked about this on the coaching episode too. Like I think, you know, as a, you know, a client or an athlete who's sort of, you know, seeking out that service, you have to be okay with the fact that there may be that coach that is like the coach du jour to the stars, everybody who lifts all the things works with him. And it's, you know, if you work with him, all these miracles are going to happen and stars are going to shoot out of your ass or whatever. (laughs) I want that coach. I know, right? Shoot out of my ass. That's but. Right. But if the way that they approach coaching doesn't work for you, it doesn't work for you. It doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with you or that you're broken because it worked for 5,000 people and the 5,000 and first person, you know, it didn't work for it. It just means that that's not the style that you vibe with, you know, and, and I think you have to be okay with that. And like you said, you know, in your example, in terms of, you know, the feedback that you were getting, you got to a point where you recognize like, you know what, like everything else is great, but this one thing right here isn't working for me and it's a big enough thing that I need to make some changes. And I think you have to have the confidence within yourself to do that, you know, and it's funny that you mentioned kind of the whole, you know, sort of how you provide feedback and what you say. And again, I, like I said, I, you know, we, um, you know, we talked about this on the coaching episode, like I learned very quickly that I am not the type of client that would ever be able to work with, like, let's say a Jillian Michaels, because what you not finna do is be screaming in my fucking face. Right. Like, exactly. you're not going to do that to me. I don't, I'm paying you, you know, so that is just not, you know, that, that whole, you know, just like drill sergeant thing. Because nope. I think I there is a army. Right. I think that there, like you said, there's a way that you can say, okay, you know, I know that this is difficult, but let's just kind of move past that and, you know, get to this point. I think that there's a way that you can say that and be constructive without, you know, nah, sis, (laughs) (laughs) we're not doing this today. Sorry. Give me five. You better give me these hands. Like we just, (laughs) that is not, mm -mm. y'all, she's not kidding. She's not kidding. And from you know kind of a personal training perspective you know when I was dibble dabbling in that I had to also recognize that and I also had to kind of get over the fact that my style of training wasn't necessarily going to vibe with everyone and 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 that's okay and I mean obviously I did I was able to adjust certain things based upon the person but I mean honestly if you're like super sensitive and you cry at the drop of the hat boo boo I'm not the one for you and that's not because I'm mean or I would go out of my way to make you cry but I'm just very focused and I'm not really going to be sympathetic to all that foolishness this is not your counseling session you're here you know what I'm saying you have you told me what your goal was I'm here to help you get there you need to get a therapist if you want to do all that talking and whatnot um and and you know I had a couple of folks be like thanks but no thanks and at first I felt some kind of way about it like well maybe I should change my you know feedback style but then I just said nope because this is what is um authentic to me and organic to me and if I don't do it that way then I'm not giving them the best service that I could give them which is why I don't uh train anybody anymore because people get on my nerves but anyway (laughs) no it's true I think every and I think it's important on both sides like in my case I had to recognize and it took me a really long time I really am just figuring this out in the last few months that that's what was wrong to some extent I mean there are other things at play my job situation and things like that right but it took me a really long time to figure out what parts of the coaching I was receiving um, was w- w- like were messing with my head. And it's right. So from an athlete's perspective, it's on us to kind of work through that stuff, too. But coaches, mm-hmm. it's really important for you to know who you are as a coach. And right. when athletes approach you asking for coaching, because that is one thing I will say a lot of coaches don't 
or don't do a very good job of expressing in my experience is what kind of coach they are. Like, are you a, I'm not a person, I don't need you hugging me all the time and stuff. Right. But I do need some level of positive feedback. Some, right. I do know some people who legitimately need like constant, super positive feedback, super, super duper hugs and kisses and, you know, puppies every time they fart. Like, I get it. Right. Some people really are that kind of person. I'm not that kind of a person, but I definitely also do need a coach who's got more of a positive way of dealing with things. So I think for coaches, I think it's really important instead of trying to, and this I see more with new younger coaches than I do Mm -hmm. more established coaches. You can't be like Bree just said, you can't coach everyone. It's not, not every coaching relationship works. Um, And it's best if you tell, if you learn to kind of that elevator speech that we all hear about in the professional world, um, a similar thing for coaching I will tell anybody who asks me for help with their diet, like regular people, not athletes. Right. I am a no bullshit kind of person. So if you're Mm going to tell me, oh, every time I talk to you about your diet, if you're going to tell me, oh, well, I had to take my daughter to school and then I had to go to work and then I had this. I don't want to hear it. I'm not the coach for you because I don't want to hear it because you're making excuse after a certain point, you're just making excuses and you don't really want to do this. I'll tell anybody that straightforward who in, who approaches me asking me for help because I'm a, I, like I, I just believe in straight talk. That's just right. how I and, work. And it's like, why waste your time and waste my time? Exactly. And I think for coaches who have athletes coming to you, especially in the case of lifting um, who and people who have been lifting for a while, it's a little harder with new athletes, I think, to know what you need in a coach. But with more established athletes, I think it's really important that coaches are telling their athletes what kind of coach they are because if right, you're looking exactly. for hugs and kisses and i'm looking at you like good job and there's no smile and no hugs and no kisses you're not going to be happy anyway exactly exactly so yeah and that all feeds back into the self-talk because if you yeah. want hugs and kisses and your coach is just like good job at some point you're going to start to feel like you're failing right even if you're not you're going to start to feel like you're failing and then in the long run your self-talk becomes well, I don't know if I know what I'm doing. I'm not feeling right. so great about this lift. I don't right. know. And and that backfires altogether. So right. I just, right. I, I think as a side note, it's an important thing for coaches yeah. to think about too, not just the and athlete. And even for me, like I, you know, I won't even go so, like I definitely, like you said, don't need the woo, 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 woo. But, you know, I, I think what is important to me um, as a, you know, client of a coach is that I want a coach that can provide objective feedback, right? Mm -hmm. So I think that that can, you know, because that pendulum can shift, you either have a coach that is super negative, or, you know, woo, 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 and blowing smoke up your ass and in telling you you're ready when you are nowhere near ready, because they want your money. So I, 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 I tend to, I think, kind of hover in the middle like you know there are definitely those days where I'm kind of feeling down or whatever um you know prime example so you know when when Cliff texted me I mean texted me emailed me my openers and I was like wait what you know and I said you know I, I emailed him back and said you know I'm feeling this kind of way is that you know am I normal is that okay you know whatever and he bounced right back and he was like yeah it's absolutely um, normal to feel like that. He's like, however, once you do this, this, and this, you'll feel much more comfortable. 
And that was all I needed. You know what I mean? So I think that, um, again, it's really important to just determine kind of what is your own personal style. And the only way that you're going to be able to do that is just to talk to a lot of different folks. Don't just go with, you know, this person's coach because, you know, and, and here's the other thing too. Any coach that they, the way that they advertise is by listing out how many pro athletes they have. Eh, some people that may work for, that doesn't really work for me because I'm feeling like number one, you know, what kind of, are you trying to make some promise to me? Like you, you promising me a pro car, you know what I mean? So I think you just have to be really careful and, and listen to what they say and listen to the things that they don't say, you know, just kind of observe before you, you know, jump and, you know, spend all your coins and all your time on this person that you find out later just isn't the person for you. So it's like dating. <laughs> it, I was just about to say It's like that. dating. <laughs> right, right, right. But um, yeah, man, I think, um, like I said, I, I, I thought that um, that was a really timely thing to think about. And, you know, I hope everyone listening got a little nugget or kernel of, of helpful information out there. Um, you know, as per usual, hit us up in the DMs, um, you know, with comments, leave us a comment on SoundCloud or iTunes, give us a rating because we're really trying to, you know, ramp up and do some big things in 2018 but you know we need to i think get a little more out there and visible so tell your friends um and we will see you next time at the bar i'm brie i'm d signing out bye-bye bye, -bye. bye.